Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
כבר נשאר לי טוב. ואם Moshcheni acharecha Verutza Ashiveni elecha Veshuva
הלב שלי נקרא לשניים, מה שלא ראתה שפחה למים, כמו סופה מן הים עולם, כמו תופעה של מרים פועל, ואין תרופה בעולם. הלב שלי מרים ידיים, כבר מועד לא עומד על הרגליים, שבר כלי שאין בו כבר מה, והשמיים הם לי חומה, חבור בתוך הים ביבשה. ורק אתה יכול להפוך מספדי למחול, לזכך את החול. לרכך בי הכל. ורק אתה מבין איך לגשת ללב שלי, משכך כל כאב שבי, מרפא את
لامونی کروش ما بشه ایبو لامونی کروش ما بشه ایبو بشه ایبو لامونی کروش ما بشه ایبو لامونی کروش ما بشه ایبو لامونی کروش ما بشه ایبو بشه ایبو شمیشام شیابم شیابم شیاب There we go. Ruach HaKodesh, a brand new one from Lipa, literally off of his uh, brand new album that came out this week here at JM. He's got a whole bunch of uh, great selections for this time of year. And uh, specifically, even more for Sukkot and for Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So there'll be plenty of uh, Lipa's album on the air here at JM and the AM. Just trying to see the name of the official album. Give me a second. Yom Tov Lipa, he calls it. Yom Tov Lipa. Here at JM in the AM. Shlomo Lippman had Ochila. You heard Hayom Haras done by Gilad and Effie uh, Polotsky. 
613, that interesting brand new one called 5784. Halev Shali, Elul, and Seder Avodah done by Yishai Rebo. Ataz Ocher was the combination of Yishai Rebo and Mordechai Ben David. Arye Kunstler brand new with Mare Cohen. It's a good song. It's a good song. And the Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this 20th day of September. Today is day number five. In the month of Tishrei, the brand new year is 5784, Tavshin Pei And that is significant for us today because today Rabbi David Heber in the 7 o'clock hour is going to join us. And as is the annual tradition here at JM in the AM, he will no doubt have plenty to tell us regarding the uh, brand new year 5784. Eight, four. I'm just seeing if uh, anybody reacted to my post on Facebook. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. So I mentioned on Facebook yesterday, learn about the New Year 5784 with me and Rabbi David Heber, Wednesday, 920, September the 20th, 7.35 a.m. Eastern Time. J.M. and A.M. So I got a nice number of likes. <laughs> Someone mentioned his son is married to Rabbi Pesach Krohn's granddaughter. All right, I guess that makes Rabbi Heber and Tananya Kramer related somehow. Um, Michael Appel writes, and Michael Appel always has some type of observation, which is really cool. The last time we had this type of year was 5757, 27 years ago. There are a lot of things notable about this year, but I hope Rabbi Heber mentions the rare Haftoras that are scheduled this year, and then a Sarabit Tables will be Friday for the next two years. I have a feeling he'll mention both, especially now. Uh, Natan Rashal br- responds, it's kind of annoying, for lack of a better word, that some of the Haftorahs are read twice in a year, but Mikates, my favorite, is read once a decade. Isn't it less often than once a decade, Mikates? Is it once every 10 years? I thought you can go through like 15 years and it'd be read only once, but I'll ask him. I love Rabbi Heber's interviews. I actually had no idea what's in store for this year except Mikates Haftorah, but next year, 5785 is rare a three-day Rosh Hashanah, and a Purim Meshulosh in Yerushalayim. Wow. Cool. Then Michael adds, there's even more rare Haftorahs that might be read this year. I say might because there's some degree of minig involved. I'll leave it at that and leave Rabbi Heber to cover it more thoroughly, I hope. <laughs> the pressure the pressure's on Rabbi Heber like crazy. And listener Danny says, my favorite segment of the year. All right, that gets a special like from me. All right, you want me to like all the comments? I'll like all the comments. So there is a uh, an anticipation. There's no question. There's an anticipation about learning about 5784 with me and Rabbi Heber. That's coming up at 735 Eastern Time here at JMA. We will try to dedicate as much time to it as possible. But already you see that uh, there are some notables. There are some notable things going on this year. Whew. Wow. That was some stretch. That was some yawn. I think I'm still recovering from the incredible and amazing uh, services that we had at the new Springville Jewish Center on Staten Island. Just a wonderful yuntiv. Looking forward to Sunday night and the uh, start of Yom Kippur, Lel Kol Nidre. Anyway, 20th of September, fifth day of the brand new year, halfway through the Asarasimei Tshuva, the 10 days of repentance, and I thank all of you for tuning in. To JM and the AM. We're also going to check in uh, with uh, Rabbi Newberger of Torah Masora. They've got their two day campaign going on, and we'll find out what that's all about later on in this show. Mendy Warch's brand new song is called Shuva, and you're listening to 
JM in the AM.
to return.
J.M. in the A.M. with Sam Glazer, that beautiful rendition of Imesh Gachech Yerushalayim here at J.M. in the A.M. Psachia had Kol Brahma, Tshuva done by Mendy Warch. That's brand new here at J.M. in the A.M. Golly, it's on the background. Our news from Israel coming up. Reminder tonight at the Young Israel of East Brunswick, B and Ralph Rosenbaum are sponsoring the uh, amazing and incredible Tshuva lecture that will be delivered by Rabbi David Goldwasser. I know it will be amazing. Trust me. Have experience with the regular Wasser. <laughs> Tonight, 7.30, Young Israel of East Brunswick. Be there. Rabbi Goldwasser speaks with appropriate, inspiring words for this time of year. Rabbi David Heber, 35 minutes from now, all about 5784. Can't wait. Should be interesting. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast is next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גלי צהל מירושלים השעה השתיים, שלום רב, באולפן רני אבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. עימות בוועדת החוקה בין יושב ראש הוועדה רוטמן לנציגת הנהלת בתי המשפט בוועדה עורכת הדין חגית אברהם. במהלך דיון פגרה שעסק בסוגיית ניקודי עניינים של שופטים, אמרה עורכת הדין כי הדיון בנושא נובע מנימוקים לא ענייניים. רוטמן בתגובה לא אפשר לה להמשיך את דבריה ואמר אינך יכולה להטיל ספק במניעים של חברי הכנסת. במטרה היא אחת, להוביל לפגיעה באמון הציבור בבתי המשפט. הנושא נבדק... רק רגע, סליחה שנייה. תן לי לסיים. לא, לא, סליחה. אני בדרך כלל מאפשר גם לאנשים שאומרים פה אמירות יותר חמורות או פחות חמורות, לחזור בהם, לבקש שהדברים ימחקו מהפרוטוקול, מתוך כבוד לעובדי מדינה שמגיעים לפה. אם את לא תעשי את זה, והדברים שאמרת בעיניי חמורים עד מאוד, אני איאלץ לבקש שתוגש אלייך תלונה. את הקולות מוועדת חוקה הביא כתב התחום הפוליטי שחר גליק. תושב עזה בעל אישור עבודה בישראל נעצר בכניסה לתחנת הרכבת סבידור בתל אביב כשברשותו סכין קצבים. הסכין נותרה על ידי מכונת השיקוף בתחנה שהיא מוחבאת בין בגדיו של החשוד בן 35 מג'בליה. כתבתנו בתל אביב אנה פינס מוסיפה שכל כיווני החקירה נבדקים. אזרבייג'אן מודיעה על הפסקת המבצע הצבאי בארמניה פחות מיממה אחרי שהחל. מדווחת כתבת חדשות החוץ שחר קנוטובסקי. משרד ההגנה של אזרבייג'אן אישר כי הושגה הפסקת אש עם ארמניה במחוז נגורנו קרבאח, יממה אחרי שאזרבייג'אן פתחה שם במבצע למיגור טרור. לפי הצהרת הכוחות הארמנים בשטח המחלוקת, הצדדים יקיבלו את הצעת שומרי השלום הרוסיים, לפיה יופסק המבצע, הצדדים יניחו מיידית את נשקם, והנשק הכבד יועבר לצבא אזרבייג'אן. בתוך כך יממה לפני שאזרבייג'אן פתחה במבצע הצבאי, משרד הביטחון האזרי פרסם כי משלחת ישראלית ביקרה במדינה. מנכ"ל משרד הביטחון, האלוף במילואים אייל זמיר, פגש את שר ההגנה של אזרבייג'אן ובכירים נוספים. כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש מוסר כי הביקור התקיים לפני כשבועיים, אך פורסם באיחור. למשרד הביטחון לא נמסרה התייחסות. נציבות תלונות הציבור על מיצגי המדינה מצאה כי יותר ממחצית מהתלונות שנמצאו מוצדקות היו נגד הפרקליטות, כך עולה מהדוח לשנת 2022. 
עם הממצאים. כתבתנו לענייני משפט, תמר שונמי. מתוך 437 תלונות שנבחנו על ידי הנציבות אשתקד, 20% נמצאו מוצדקות ויותר ממחצית מתוכן הוגשו נגד הפרקליטות. בין התלונות סגירת תיק עבירות מין ללא שיחת עדכון עם הנפגעות וניהול תיק עבירות מין חבורות במשפחה במשך יותר משלוש שנים וחצי. בדוח השנתי הומלץ לקצר את הזמן בין העברת התיק לפרקליטות לבין מינוי פרקליט אחראי על התיק על מנת לקצר ולייעל את ההליכים המשפטיים. שר החדשנות אופיר אקוניס השתתף כנציג הממשלה בטקס הממלכתי לזכרו של ראש הממשלה המנוח יצחק רבין. אקוניס התבקש על ידי מזכירות הממשלה להחליף את ראש הממשלה נתניהו לאחר שהוא הודיע כי ייעדר מהטקס, ידיעה שמסר כתבנו הפוליטי יובל שגב. ומזג האוויר בערים ובפנים הארץ צפויה ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
JM in the AM. There he is. That's Yoni Z here at JM in the AM. Anachnu Lunaydam Manaseh. Uh, seven o'clock hour here at JM in the AM, and you know what we're anticipating. We're anticipating our conversations are by David Heber, our calendaric consultant here at JM in the AM. We always have amazing conversations with him all year round, but there is nothing like the official beginning of the year conversation where we are able to go through everything that, uh, or at least most everything that Rabbi Heber and I and some of the listeners want to bring to everyone's attention regarding the brand new year of 5784. So the uh, radio conversation of record regarding 5784 is coming up in less than a half hour. (laughs) Make sure to be tuned in right here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser tonight at the Unusual of East Brunswick. He will speak about the tshuva and give inspiring words for this time of year. It's uh, sponsored by the Rosenbaum family, B and Ralph. Young Israel of East Brunswick tonight at 7.30 p.m. We are strongly and highly recommending that everyone go to hear by Goldwasser. He is spectacular, and this time of year, he's even more spectacular if that's possible. If it's possible. He's even more spectacular. You know, uh, on Thursday when we celebrated our uh, 40th anniversary of JM and the AM, we casually at some point introduced our brand new year-end campaign, uh, which essentially has started. We, we already have seen some donations, which is uh, remarkable and amazing. I mean, some people do like to donate around Russia Shana time, so it's not that crazy. But it's much appreciated, to say the least. Um, those of you out there who are considering or would consider to be an ambassador for our cause match campaign, I ask that you go to, uh, com. You'll see the ambassador link at the top of the page. You can go to the uh, fjbunity.org. You'll find the ambassador link there on the cause match page. If you, um, go to our app later today, I don't think it's up yet, but if you go to our app later today, there'll be a banner at the very top of the page which will allow you to uh, get to the link to become an ambassador for the campaign. So those of you out there who are JM and the AM enthusiasts and want to become ambassadors for our uh, year-end campaign, which will end, Hashem, I think it's the 29th of December, whatever that Friday is from Jerusalem. Um, so we ask that you go and, uh, and sign up to be an ambassador, and we thank you very much for that. Again, the link is available right now at fjbunity.org. The link is available right now at the top of nachumsegel.com. Become an ambassador and spread the word to family and friends. And I thank you. More coming up. It is a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. And uh, we will be speaking Bezrat Hashem to Rabbi David Heber minutes away. You keep it right here at JM in the AM. Sorry. 
Oh 
J.M. and the A.M. Dudu Fisher Zuba so far here on a Wednesday morning in the Aserish Tshuva, the 10 days of repentance, which concludes Sunday night and Monday, of course, with Yom Kippur. A lot of anticipation for Rabbi Heber. He'll be coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, a lot of people are tossing in their, <laughs> their points and uh, interesting trivial facts about 5784. It's also nice to see how many people comment that it's their favorite segment. That's pretty cool because honestly, I don't know of any other uh, radio show or media outlet that does what we do when it comes to analyzing the Jewish calendar. So that makes me really happy. Something that we innovated has become so popular. Nochi Chrome before that with the Barosha Shana, JM in the AM. It is a Wednesday morning broadcast, and Rabbi David Goldwasser speaks tonight at the Young Israel of East Brunswick. It begins at 7.30 p.m., sponsored by the Rosenbaum family. Rabbi Goldwasser is always spectacular when it comes to the Aserah made Shuva. He's even more so. Everyone come out to the Young Israel of East Brunswick tonight, 7.30 it begins. The aforementioned Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas HaRav Zevin of Yosef Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We say, Utshuva, Usafila, Utstaka, Mavirin Esroya Hagzera. Repentance, prayer, and charity revoke the evil decree. The great Goin Reb Chaim Kreisworth says that the Simonim are printed in the Machser. 
Above the words, Ushashuva Usfilo Tztoka, the Machzorim include the words Tzom, Koil, and Momon. What does it come to add to what we already have said? We know that Tzom, fasting, is an integral component of Tshuva. As for Tfila, isn't it possible to have Tfila without Koil? The Gemara and Brachos teaches us that one could pray even with hear her, contemplation, thought. In Staka, is it only given with money? How about a Maisa Chesed that a person carries out? Is that also not considered Tzedakah? Reb Chaim expands on these simonim and explains their deeper meaning. True, Tzom is the act of abstention. Just as when a person fasts, he is holding himself back from eating and drinking. So too, in our daily lives, we should also refrain from luxuries that we do not need. The koil refers to the daily speech of a person, not only to the actual recitation of tefillos. One has to be careful with the spoken language to ensure that it's pure and proper. We are commanded in the Torah to keep away from all forms of inappropriate speech, Lashon Hara, Rechilus, Nevopeh. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai once commented that if he had been in Har Sinai at the time of Matan Torah, he would have asked Hashem to create an individual with two mouths, one for holy use and one for mundane use. Rabbeinu Yonah writes that the mouth of a person is a clay shares, a holy vessel, and we should be careful when we use our mouths for Dvarim Shalchol. Mamon refers to our livelihood. We are cautioned to ensure that our Parnosa is free of any shalos of theft or wrongdoing. These measures are necessary in order to achieve Tshuva Shulema. Someone once came to Rabbi of Stalin. He was in a state of utter despair. He cried out, Rebbe, I committed so many serious transgressions, Averus Chamuros. According to what is written in the Svarim, I've already lost my share. Tshuva will not help. Why should I do tshuva? The Rebbe replied, Hurry up! Do tshuva anyway. Don't be concerned with your own calculations, whether you can count on going to Olam Haba or not. In Perkeovus it says, Yofesha Achas B'Tshuva. Better is one hour of repentance and good deeds in this world, Mikol Chaye Olam Haba, than the entire life of the next world. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. There it is, Yosef Karduner, Adam Yesodo is the name of that one. Of course, those are words from uh, the uh, Rosh Hashanah liturgy, quite obviously, here on a J.M. in the A.M. radio broadcast for a Wednesday morning, the fifth day of the Aseris Mechuva. We are halfway through the 10 days of repentance, a great opportunity to uh, delve into 5784. Let's see what Tough Shin Pei Dalit is all about calendarically. And as I said earlier, I am proud that we created this segment and that now so many people call it their favorite segment of the year. So many people get involved. <laughs> so many people forward this segment to other people through WhatsApp and through email. If you're into Jewish calendaric trivia, this is a dream come true. Rabbi David Heber, of course, is with us. He's author of the book, The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. Again, we highly recommend it, The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. He is the director of Star K Computer Department and Rabbi of Kahal Avas Yisrael 
Semach Tzedek in Baltimore, Maryland, and most importantly, of course, and most prominently on Rabbi Heber's resume, he is the calendaric consultant for us here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Heber, a pleasure to say, Gemar Chasimatova, and welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good to you and to all of your listeners. Thank you. Hope your Hashanah went well. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. It was, oh, by the way, let me just mention, because there are a lot of listeners who have been contacting me regarding this issue of blowing shofar on Shabbos. Uh, Rabbi Heber and I have decided uh, that even though it does seem, and again, this is just a conjecture on my part, I'm not speaking for Rabbi Heber, it does seem that some responsible rabbis have taken on the custom or brought back the custom of blowing shofar on Shabbos, the first day of Rosh Hashanah in Israel. And again, it's a very, very small minority, obviously. Uh, but Rabbi Heber and I have both decided that neither of us at this time are equipped enough to discuss this issue, so we're going to table this issue. Rabbi Heber, do you and I agree that maybe the next time that Rosh Hashanah uh, starts on Shabbos, we might we might delve into the topic? <laughs> we, we can always talk about it. There's, there's actually a Mishabura that, that asked a question, and uh, but but he leaves it, of course, he just asked it as a lumbar question right. of, 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 of there's no Rosh Hashanah today, Deiraisa, Right. And and therefore the Xera, you know, everybody asks the Mishaburah, what does he mean? Because you need a, a based in Minyan, which means you need a, a greater based than than the who than than the base that made that original Hakana, right. which which we don't have, which we're assuming uh, we don't have, right? Which I, it's a good right, assumption, we don't have, right? Yeah, so that's what he gets hired. Right. Other than doing Xeras is not something that right. uh, understood. We and, do and, and in Lumdish, it's a good Lumdish discussion, right. though, That's for sure. Right. The question yeah. is whether it should ever be put into practice, and those who do do it will obviously, I'm assuming, take Lulav and Esrog also on the first day of Yuntiv this year. But again, we're talking about a uh, a very small minority and a topic that we're not ready to discuss right now in at length. When is the do you know offhand the next time that that the first of the we got year? a lot we're, we've got a lot coming up we have we have in 20 we have actually back to back 2026 and 2027 will be back to back Shabbos so 20 so 24 is a three-day untith that, right, 24 is a three-day Yontif. I, I know my listeners are upset when I say that. Two days of Yontif plus Shabbos. Right, right. And, yeah. and, and what's 25? What's the setup in 25? So 25 is Tuesday, Wednesday. That's the longest lichas possible. Right. Longest lichas. 2025. So, so, so next year is the shortest lichas possible, followed by the longest lichas possible. Correct. So next year, if, if, if I get invited back on the show, we'll have a lot to talk about because <laughs> 2025 is a Purim on a Friday for the last time in 20 years. Wow. It's not oh. going to happen until 2045. And also, it's the last time Erev Pesach Shabbos. Exactly right. right, right, right. All right, so just to be fair, and I think you'll, and by the way, you are invited back for next year. <laughs> just to be fair to our listeners, because so many of them have already chimed in with things, let me give you the list of things that people have observed regarding 5784, and then, of course, you could start from scratch, including these items. But I just want you to understand with the item, you know, you, you, you might think that only you and I are, obsess- <laughs> are obsessed with these things. It's incredible how many people out there are into this. It so, sounds like, okay, you give me the list. But maybe, as they, as they say, the Rabbanim say, maybe you, you took the, the drusha away. But okay, go ahead. Yeah, but, but, but I'm, I'm yeah, just going to but, but I don't want you to react to this. Let me just go through the list with the highlights oh, that ahead. people sure. pointed out. And then, of course, you can get into it. So, first of all, someone pointed out that we have not had a year like this, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. A year like this since 5757. That was the last time we had a year like this. 
Uh, a, a listener pointed out this this is the year of rare Haftoras. That's what he said, rare right. Haftoras. And I, I assume that means that we're going to be reading Mikates. And by the way, and this you should comment on for a moment, th- this listener is under the impression that we read Mikates about every 10 years. Am I right that it's really more like – It's not closer to 15? It's not closer to around no, – it's, it's- that's an average every 10. Oh, it is an 10. average every 10. Wow, I thought it was longer than that. Interesting. Uh, then, of course, the obvious, Asar uh, Bateves, there'll be a fast day on Friday this year, which is always an, an interesting aberration and brings Absolutely. us into you know a, a, a different way of uh, of observing, certainly Erev Shabbos, when the... Uh, when the um, when the fast day is on uh, is on Erev Shabbos, I, 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 most fascinating. Yeah, I always like the guy who you know who who assumes we say Avinu Malkeinu at Mincha. You know, like I always like right, that. Right. <laughs> I like that guy. You know, <laughs> you know, it's really fascinating of uh, Asar Batavis, which you and I have never experienced. Asar Batavis on a Friday in Argentina because that's an experience because because they end at nine o'clock at night. I assume Australia is the same thing. Correct. Yeah, they're a little earlier, maybe eight o'clock. They're not as late. Argentina, Brazil. So for, Argentina, it's like our Shiva Sermatamos. Exactly right, right. That's experience. Wow. And you can't start Shabbos early. No, no, it doesn't work. You can't make it. Kid, you work. can't make it as, you know, after Blagamin. Right, right. Um,. So what else did he say? There were some other comments here from the listeners. Oh, some Haftorahs this year appear twice. There's certain Haftorahs this year that we will say twice. Okay, that yeah, that's true. Okay, that we oh, have. Oh, maybe only according to some in Huggin? Maybe only there according to some. There are several. Yeah, I mean, the, two Haftorahs is, is... Are there two Machar you know, I, I know there's a Machar Chodesh Shabbos Barash. Is there a Machar Chodesh later in the year? Is there a machadish later in the year? Well, let's let's do the math here. Yeah. Um, well, other Shab, other is going to be Shabbos. Right. Um, other is Friday. Other Aleph is Friday Shabbos, and then oh, uh, so Nissan is Sunday. No, but su- no, 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 no. So other Shani is Sunday, ah, Monday. I forgot about that. And then Nissan's Tuesday, right. and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. Um, I'm not sure if you have a second I don't know off the top of my head. Also, also, those, two other rarities. Two other rarities. We have a three-day Rosh Hashanah coming. Oh, well, actually, this is for 5785, not for 5784, which you mentioned already, the three-day Rosh Hashanah. And, <coughs> excuse me, the Purim Meshulosh. <coughs> excuse me, in Yerushalayim. And the other thing was, um, uh, what was the other one I wanted to mention? Yeah. Am I right or wrong? That this is very unusual to ha- because a lot of people have interesting things to say about a year that we don't blow show for the first day, Yontif, and a year that's a leap year, right? There are some Torah giants that have commented that sometimes those years, I want to be careful what word I use, but they could be an out of the ordinary year. Let's put it that way. And this year, we, this year we have both. We blew chauffeur only on Sunday, and we have a leap year coming up. Obviously, this is a leap year, and the extra month is coming up in Adar. So is that unusual that both things happen in the same year? I mean, you, it, it's relatively unusual because, again, you need this, this you know, Rosh Hashanah Shabbos is only once every, about, I think it's about, uh, what is it, about 28% of the time. And how often and is leap it year is leap? only uh, 7 of 19, so yeah. you have the combo of both. It, it uh, to have both is probably about uh, about ten percent of the years, maybe approximately. Right. Yeah, it's, so it's a... one in it's one in ten years. There is a big discussion about this. I should note there was a, there was a Rebbe in, in their Yisrael 
Rabbi Kalman Reinrib, who was, who was recently, he was a 10th grade Rebbe for 50 years, and he passed away uh, uh, several weeks ago, and he gave, he gave a schmooze every year, the night before Rosh Hashanah, the night before, you know, Erev Rosh Hashanah. And actually, when I came to Yisrael, I, I came for, for Bismedrish. I was in Tel Chicago for high school, and then uh, I went to Yisrael, and they told me, you have to go here, Rav Kalman Shmuz. I mean, it was unbelievable. I remember, I remember things he said in that shmooze from this is over forty years ago. Wow. Just going for one one show. Anyway, but one of his 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 greatest shmooze was a, when it was Shabbos versus Shana. They say that was the year I, I, I went. But if you want, if you listen to what I want on the Nair Yisrael website, they 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 have um, you know publications that they send out you know to the alumni, and in the Rosh Hashanah publication of this year, they published a common shmooze. From from I think Tufshan Ayin, um, fifty seven seventy. It's about uh, you know fifteen years ago or so, and in there he goes through this what you're talking about. He the Shmuz spoke about how how you know Shabbos years are either really good years or or, or issues, and he, he quotes Svarm. It's a very very fascinating piece. Again, if you're mentioning it and you want you know my oh it, so it's either very good or Marmakai. very bad. It's not yeah, it's not exactly ex- right. It's not exclusively yeah. very bad. Right, he quotes. He quotes different Rambam He says again into the leap year part that I'm not familiar with. But if you want to read that, it's, it, there's also Minchas Oni. It's a sefer called Minchas Oni that speaks about it. And again, in this schmooze, he goes ahead and he makes. I think I think it was a Lubavitcher Rebbe. And any of our ever our Chabad friends can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I, I don't think I'm making it up. I think I remember being told this. I think it was Lubavitcher Rebbe who warned about leap years. Who was always concerned. Let's put it that way about leap years. Uh, and well, yeah, they say right. We say Chaparas Pasha because um, there is something about a leap year that has, right. um, you know, maybe again one, one thing is an opportunity, unfortunately, to do more of Eris, right? right. So, you know, so there's an extra month. We we want to we want to fill it with extra mitzvahs, you know. Right. Um, and that extra month is odd. There, where sometimes things can get out of hand. So, right, I hear that. Okay, I got you. Um, all right, Rabbi Heber, five seven eight four. How did things kick off? What should we know about this brand new year? Okay, so, okay, so let's start. So your listeners are very astute. So I'm going to elaborate on some of the things sure. that your listeners pointed out. But Let, let's start with the um, the haftiras. Okay, the haftiras are big. The rarest haftira, the rarest haftira in the regular nusach Ashkenaz. And there are different opinions with haftiras, as we know. But in nusach, the regular standard. Ashkenaz, and I would say, even if you if you take an art school Chumash, and they tell you which haftira is meaning Ashkenaz, the rarest haftira is Parshas Kedoshim, and the only year that you lane it. What? Right, the only year you lane it. More rare than Mikates. Yes, more rare than Mikates. It's it's only happens in five point eight percent of all years. Wow. So um, that's about uh, one in, what is it, about 18, 17, something like that. Because um, only 5.8% only of the years. Because, we gener- rarer. because we're generally reading what, Parshish Kedoshim? What are we generally reading for the Haftorah? Okay, so here's the way it works. Parshish Kedoshim is, is, um, is usually with, the Haftorah Parshish Kedoshim is very interesting. It's, it's called about the Te'evus of Yushalayim, which means about the abominations. It's a very, very strong Musar, extremely strong Musar. And there's actually a Gemara that speaks about this that says, you know, not to make Haftarahs of Te'evus Yushalayim. But apparently we don't hold like that, and therefore we do allow it. But 
we avoid it at all costs. Okay, this is true for Misha and the Misha, and the Misha also talks about it at the end of the The bottom line is, whatever you could avoid, Kedosh, if you avoid it. So what, what does that mean? Okay, so if in a regular year, a non-leap year, Ramis and Kedosh are together. Normally, when two parshas are together, like the Harbuch Kaisai, you lay in the later parshas right. of Tyra. Right. But when Achremis Kedoshim are together, you lay in Achremis' Haftarah because you want to avoid Kedoshim. Wow. Okay? That's a Pshuta. That's a regular year. In a right. leap year, it's very interesting how how this works here. Achremis or Kedoshim, almost every leap year will either be um, Shabbos HaGadol, right? Achremis can be Shabbos HaGadol, right. or Machar Chaydish. One of the two will be Machar Chaydish. In other words, we're Rish Chaydish years on Monday. And now Shabbos Machadish, or Rish Chaydish year is on Rish Chaydish. So you, so all of those will knock out the Haftarah of either Achremis or Kedoshim. And none of those so happened say, this year. And none of those happened this year. So what happens is we say, well, if okay, if Achremis got knocked out, let's say let's say Achremis could be Shabbos Hagadol right. sometimes in a leap year. So we say, okay, for Kedoshim, Lane Achremis is Haftarah right. and drop the Kedoshim Haftarah. Right. And, and and so on. So same thing. If you only have one of those weeks open, don't do Kedoshim and do Achremis. What happens this year is that Achremis falls out after on a regular Pesach. Shabbos. After Pesach. After Pesach. The Shabbos after Pesach. It's not Machar Chaydish. It's not Rish Chaydish. And Kedoshim falls out. I um I believe it would be oh, it was a Gimel, Gimel ear, I think. Yeah, it is Gimel and, ear. Um, I'm looking at it. It's Gimel ear. It's Gimel ear. And now you got you got two open Shabbosas. So Achremis gets Achremis Haftira, and Kedoshim gets Kedoshim's Haftira. And the last time we did that was 1997. <laughs> wow. Oh, which is that what that listener pointed out? 57-57, right? Exactly, right, right. What he meant was this year is called, it's called the Zion Ches Gimel, which means right. Rosh Hashanah is a Shabbos. Right. It's a Chaser, which, by the way, it's the last Chaser year um, for a bunch of years. And right? ch- one, Chaser two, means three, that Rosh Chodesh Teves is one day and Rosh Chodesh, um, Rosh Chodesh Teves. Kislev. Say it again? Kislev, Kislev and Teves are one day. Kislev and Teves are one day each. And what's the third thing? No, just that's it. Oh, the, so the Gimel means Pesach is on Tuesday. Right. And right. how unusual is this with the setup you just described? How often is Parshas Mitzorah by itself Shabbos Agadol? I mean, that's, that's, that's more common. Really? That's actually more common. By yeah, itself? because in a leap year, uh, by itself, yeah. So in any leap year, when, you know, you're splitting the parshas and the the early um, Vayikra parshas are read in other, right. so now, and then the beginning of Nisan, usually Shabbos HaGadol is Mitzayra in a leap year. Right. Sometimes it's Achremis. When, when Rosh Hashanah is on a Thursday in a leap year, then Shabbos HaGadol is um, uh, is is achremis, right? Um, is, is right, correct. Usually, otherwise, it's mitzayra. Right. That's oh, why so. I was like, look, if you look at those old machzayrim, they tried to cover it, but they some of them missed it. Like it could be mitzayra, it could be, it could be, you know, the, you read it the next week. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean cover? Um, a machzor for Pesach? You mean? You know, the machzor of Pesach has to cover the potentially upcoming parshiyos. Correct. Because if you want to see a machzor that did its homework. You'll see the upcoming parsha could be Shmini right. correct, or it could be um, um, Achreimais or Kedoshim, like this year, or it could be Kedoshim. Right. Some of them, some of the old Machzer missed, missed the boat. Wow! I'll tell you. 
<laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> if I find an old monster it's a, for, for Pesach, it's the first thing I'm going to be looking for now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I once saw, there was once an organization that published like a, a brief set of partiais for like a, a span of time just to cover like a, things that could be in the wintertime, you know, right. like maybe when they could get together. So then it had a Macha Chaydish, um, uh, like, you know, for, for Kislev and Teves and Shvat. The problem is, you know, Teves never has a Macha Chaydish. Wow. And Shvat never has a Macha Chaydish. Oh. Because Shvat never has a Sunday. But they published Macha Chaydish. So there was extra space. That they used up because Machachayish <laughs> never happens in those weeks. I love it. I, I didn't write a letter, but I think maybe someone wants to learn enough Tyra, you know. It's, yeah. All right. What else do we need to know about the brand new year? <laughs> okay. So, and we do also on the topic of a rare Haftiras, you are correct. We do Mikates, which is the second rarest Haftira. Right. And right. again, so we, really, we usually don't because it's usually Shabbos Hanukkah. Correct. Correct. And also, Tazria, the Torah of Tazria is, the, I believe, about the fifth rare. Again, it depends on Minhagim really? and how you add them up. But Tazria is a rare. Haftarah. Oh, Shabbos Hachodesh. And this year we do it again. Usually Shabbos Hachodesh, right. but this year, right? It's that. Um, it's the week before Shabbos Hagadol. Correct, and therefore it's off. So we lay, we lay, right. we then have Torah. Now in that have Torah, you have something that's also very, very uncommon for your listeners. This is something that. Um, that is not so common. You have it in Rus, actually. Um, it's called a um, a, a kriv. It's a kriva like siv or a kriva like kri. I have to look this up here. It's a kriva like kri, which means there's a word written at the very end of the of Tazria from Malachim. Is a, right, Malachim. It's called a kriva like kri, which means it's a word written in the navi. But you, but the Balkari actually doesn't read it. He, he skips, skips the it. word. He skips the word. Wow. Right. So you have, you know, Kriyaksiv, you have a word right. you know, spelled one way and read one way. But this is very rare. Ksiv like Kri. I think that if Alyssa wants to correct me this, I'm talking off the cuff. You lane it in Rus. And even though it's very relatively rare, you don't lane it that often. It's such a Ksiv like Kri is extremely rare. So when Rus so, or yeah. this Haftorah. Uh, are printed in our Chumashim, do you think they leave that word out? Obviously, in the cloth, he can't leave the word out, but do you think they leave it out in the Haftorah What books? they do is they write, they put it in brackets, uh, right? They write, you know, they write, and they, they, don't put, they don't put Trump and they don't put Nakudos right. under it. They just write the word to tell you it's there, but it's like, like, like Korea, and that's very fascinating. Any, any Korean Xiv or this, there's something to learn because the, 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 they put it in to teach you something, but it's not read... For another reason, again, in Rus is a few of those. Uh, we're both you have both directions. Oh, it's I can't wait! I, I got to look at the Haftorah book. I can't wait to see how they do it. Interesting. Yeah, that's really. I said, hey, I have what to talk about, and I got to work on a drasha for that. What's the significance? <laughs> uh, I got a half a year though. Exactly. Let, me, let me get to the Kippur and Sukkot first. Have you prepared <laughs> your call? Have you prepared the Kol Nidre sermon yet? Yes. All right. Yeah, yeah, so you're you're way yeah. ahead of yourself, Rabbi Hammer. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm going to mention actually the three. Um, there's a major anniversary. There's a there was. We're in between. Actually, there's three huge anniversaries that we're right in the middle of. Okay, Rosh Hashanah was the hundredth anniversary of Dafyomi, the beginning of Dafyomi, right. and I, I spoke about it. Yom Kippur War. It. Yom Kippur War is the fiftieth anniversary, right. and um, 
and it's the 80th anniversary this week of the great march on Washington by wow. the Rabbonim, yeah. the Rabbonim during World War II. When, Interesting. Uh, when they came to Washington. But very interesting, Rosh Hashanah, I found, I found an old article, and for, for you Baltimore listeners, you'll appreciate this. The Lublina Rav spoke, I found an article in, in an old Jewish observer, it was, it was reprinted from 1968, where they said Lublina Rav spoke at the first Siam right. Shas. 1930. About 1931. 31? And he says, I, I, 19, it was the first Siam. Right. In other words, it started in right. 23. Right. Oh, back in Rosh Hashanah. Rosh 23 to Tu 31. Exactly. Tu 1931. Was the first Siam. Right. right, which is obviously a big, you know, he's the one that introduced it. Right. He spoke about it. In it, he said, the Dafyaimi Magide Shir are all different. Meaning they have different styles, but right. they're all unbelievably Magide Shir. He said, I've traveled for the yeshiva to London, and he quoted the Rav there. His name is Rabbi Assistant. He said, I, I traveled to, 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 to Strasbourg, and I traveled to Baltimore where Rabbi Schwartz said the Dafyaimi. Wow. So, so, I, so that was like the, the father of Dafyaimi came to a Dafyaimishir in Baltimore. So I was everybody, all the, that was like a nice, uh, yeah, great shout out. Uh, as nice we way say. to end the Drusha. Nice way to end the Drusha. To say the least. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So these anniversaries will all be mentioned on Kol Nidre night. So I spoke about Rosh Hashanah already. Kol Nidre, I'm going to mention the Kippur War. I right. found Ruderman spoke <clears throat> following the Kippur War and he spoke about, you know, what we should do in such a situation. So I'm yeah. going to quote from from, from that to Shiva and Neri Very interesting. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at AlchemSingle.com, on the AlchemSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Rabbi David Heber is with us. It's the fifth day of the brand new year. We're discussing 5784, Tufshin Pay Dollar. All right, Rabbi Heber, what else do we need to know about this brand new year? Okay, I started with Tavis. You mentioned it's a Friday. That's right. correct. But now we're coming up on something that you remember as a kid. And that is, we're going to have two Asar Bateves in a right. row. Right. Two years in a row. That are Fridays, uh, you mean? That are Fridays, that are Fridays, right. correct? I mean, Mashiach hopefully will come and we'll, we'll, right. we'll celebrate both of them. But if not, then Asar Bateves is two years in a row on a Friday. That hasn't happened in 50, over 50 years. Wow. It happened at the end of 72 and early 74, which were two, two back-to-back uh Hebrew years. I remember in 74 uh, as a little kid how cool it was that we were breaking our fast on Kiddush. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was also I was also a kid. A um, couple other interesting things. Okay, this one is uh, this one is out of the uh, of fa- of fascinating. Okay, so I said this Rosh Hashanah night because I always go through, you know, quickly some of these things. And I, I the, in Chutzlaretz, the maximum number of psukim that you could lane in a day <laughs> from when you wake up from Maidaani till Hamapil. That's how I'm defining the day. Okay. When is that? It's okay. Shabbos Zohar this year is, is going to be on Erev Purim. Purim is going to be on a Matzah Shabbos, which right. is, which is nice. Cause you, fa- you, you don't come in fasting. Right. Correct. Um, especially it's, it's, it's an Ibriar this year. So that means daylight savings time. So the fast ends much later. Right. Anyway, I- so the morning we're going to live by Yikra. Okay, and we're gonna repeat. You know, we're gonna then it's Zohar. Right. Then we have the Haftorah of Zohar. Right. By midnight we're gonna lay Tzav. Right. And at night we lay Megillah Sester. Right. The most, the highest yeah. number of sukkim from Tanakh that you could possibly lay in a day. 
in a day. Now you got to come onto an Ibrio with the Vayikra because in a regular year you lane Parshas Tzava on such a day, right. and then you lane by Mincha Kisisa. And, and when you add up that, it's a little bit shorter than this year, and therefore this year has more. Rabbi, and that's why you have the most Ra- the year of Tyra. So, Rabbi Heber, those who repeat the last pasuk of Parsha Zachar, they get another pasuk. <laughs> so, like I said, that's an asterisk. We're, we're, we're putting it at 325, and of course the minute gets to repeat, the entire we're, we're not counting those. Yeah, yeah, we're not counting that. Not counting that. Uh, so those who only repeat the one word should feel left out, is what you're saying. <laughs> Exactly right, right. And that count, we're, we're giving the 325. I added 325. I think that's right. I didn't recheck it again, which you sometimes uh, should do, but that, that's from some old notes that I, that I found. Here, here's a complicated one. By the way, I, I, speaking of Shabbat Zohar, before you get to the complicated one, um, I, I think I saw this in Dover Beito, and I, and I cannot thank you enough for bringing that uh, luach to my attention, by the way. Um, based oh, based on, based on a conversation I had yesterday with the Shmulek at the Flatbush Eichlers, it seems it is out already, but it hasn't got gotten to our area yet. But apparently, it will over the next few days. Please God. So, and then by the way, you know, this year it takes next. There's another month to write about, so you know, take some time, Rabbi. Uh, Absolutely, I really <laughs> wanted it out already because of I'm course. Are you kidding? This, I, want, I look in there. I guess Are I'm you good, kidding you know? me? I'm waiting yeah, with yeah, bated yeah. breath. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I believe it was there that I saw this. It may have been somewhere else. Those who rely on Parsha's Kitetse to be Yotze Mechias Amalek, those who rely on that because whatever the circumstances are, they can't be, I don't know, at laning Shabbos Zohar or whatever the situation might be. Someone missed Shabbos Zohar. Apparently, you have to be very careful in the upcoming year because if you rely on Kiseitze, then the laning from Kiseitze to the next Kiseitze is more than 12 months, is more than a year. And it might be considered that you did not, within the year, take care of the mitzvah of Mechias Amal, of Schiras Mechias Amalek. So I don't know if right, that's exactly. Well, that's that. So what is some cipher that those the distance between the last Shabbos Zohar and the next Shabbos Zohar is thirteen months, right? And we say the shikha people forget after twelve months. So therefore, you're going Zohar. You got to remember it, and therefore you do it every twelve months. And um, and you don't have the twelve months, so it's thirteen months. So some people are. You know, want to be yaitza with kiseitze. So oh, every time so that was the point. Weekend. So the point that's wasn't the point, right. right the, the point wasn't what I said. The point was that there are people who pay extra attention to kiseitze next year because between the Shabbos zachers is too long of a period of time. Correct. So I told my gabai. I told I told my bakari to have in mind right. for anybody that wants and anyone who knew this had in mind. Some argue on it. Many argue on it and say, you know, even in the shana pshuta, you could go more than twelve months right. because. Let's take um, a, you know a year where Purim is a Friday, Shabbos Zohar, right? Let's say the following year, 2025, Shabbos Zohar is going to be on the 8th of Adar, right? right? It's because Purim is a Friday. The following year, Shabbos Zohar is going to be late, more than 12 months in a few days. So so even in a Pshuta, you have more than 12 months. Obviously, Chazal... Right. It, 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 so it's, it's all close so, enough. Right. It's so, close it's, enough. So, so it's always a quote unquote problem. But the solution, of course, is if you do it with regularity, even if it's thirteen months, that's all Chazal we're concerned with. So you do it reg- with regularity that every that every Shabbos exactly. before Purim it's done. Simple as that. Very exactly. interesting. Right. But again, it, it makes for it, it right. again. Some cipher brings this, and right. it's a it's a nice alum to show. Everybody gets very excited when there's right. an and, year. And it makes our it makes our segment much, much uh, more interesting. Correct. Uh, okay, you were saying about something complicated. Go ahead. Uh, probably, yeah, complicated, but very interesting. I think this year, 
first of all, this coming year is, a, is is both leap years. In other words, of course, it's a Hebrew right. leap year, right? And it's and secular it's a, leap it's year. A, it's a civil. It's a civil civil leap year. Right. Um, it, it it happens. It's not so rare. I once looked this up. It, <laughs> the way the calendar has shifted. This is not what I'm at. Before I get to my point, but I can't resist <laughs> this one. Okay, the last time, the last time you had a Lamed other Rishon on February 29th. In other words, Lamed other right. Rishon is the February 29th of the Hebrew calendar. Right. Little, little, little right. Because it doesn't happen every year. Right. Hasn't happened since 1824. That and it, it doesn't happen the way the calendar shifted slightly. We're not going to have that. You can look up who was born that day, right? And then, and then you know he has this Hebrew birthday doesn't happen every year. His English birthday doesn't happen every year, right? So it's just an interesting uh, tidbit. Yeah, and I, and that I, day. I, but anyway, and I always remind you that my father passed away the twenty eighth of Adar one, and if it would have been a day later, we would have had yard, yard site questions forever, right? Uh, in terms right. of uh, exactly right. You know, for those who remember the yeah. for those who remember the terror attack at Merkaz Harav. Uh, those boys of blessed memory. Yeah, that, that I think it was Chavtes. I think it was Chavtes. I think it was Lamed Adar It was Lamed Adar Therefore, the Shiloh. I'm not sure when they... Uh, oh, because it may have been after after Shkia. Right, it may have been after Shkia on that Thursday, right? Yeah. may have been after Shkia on that Thursday back in 2008, and that would make it Lamed. That would make it the, the day you're talking about, Lamed Adar right? Exactly, right, right. So there's a question of whether the yard said, the right. Mishabru there says to keep the, the 30th of Shvat. Right. In a regular year, which is what I assume they do right. in the yeshiva. Um, anyway, there's yeah. an interesting, complicated piece. Okay, so so you know the purpose of a leap year is to help catch up, right? Right, a leap year. So you have a leap year is you have an extra thirty days, right? right? But you look at the calendar. The Hebrew calendar doesn't jump thirty days. Eleven. It only uses. It jumps 20 days 20 because days. you have a 385-day right. year, let's say. Let's say. So the, the natural and, 10 move to begin with, and then you have 20, right? Exactly. So it's really, it's really 30 minus 10. And this right. year, you have the rarest compensation, or the, I would say the rarest, the minimal compensation, because the Hebrew year this year is only 383 right. instead of 385. <laughs> so you, you, you get a little less, you know, a jump. And it's a, it's a civil leap year, which is 366 days. Right. So you have 383 going up against a 366. So your push ahead is only 17 days right. instead of to, to a 19, it's not an 18, 19, or 20. Okay. Right. That last happened in, oh, in 2007, 2008. Holy the cow. Before, Holy cow. Before that was, yeah. was 1907 and 1908. So if we, had, so that. if we had a Mullay year this year, if we had a Mullay year in five, seven, eight, four, for argument's sake, with everything else set up the way it is, you know what we would have? We would have, we would have Achron Shal Pesach in the month of May. That's correct. Which wow. leads to another interesting tidbit. Wow! Right? But that's, it, the jump is not significant. It's it's seventeen days instead of you know the normal much bigger. Wow! But that's, so here's here's another rarity it hasn't happened in three hundred fifty years. Okay, okay, it's a little bit confusing. But the eighth year is usually it's, it's a late year, right? We know it's late. It's so late this year. Um, just for example, okay, as you mentioned, the last day of Pesach in Kutzlar, it's April 30th, April 30th right. and in the United States, it's the 29th. Right. Um, you have Purim on April the 23rd. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, excuse March. me. You have Purim on, uh, on March the 24th. Tishabov, Tishabov is August 15th. Is it August, right? And Shulis is, is, is June 12th. Right. Uh, Hanukkah next year, though, it was just late year, runs into the following year. Hanukkah runs into... 
the next civil year of 2025. It was Akhish Pesach. I'm sorry, Zayt comes out in January, right? In other words, it's cut. It's you know the the end of Hanukkah is right. going to be New Year's of next year. Which, which means, which means in 2024, there's no Asar Bateves. Correct. Right. So in most, in leap years, you never have an Asar. In, in civil leap years, you never have an Asar Bateves. I think it's happened maybe once in the last hundred years. Wow. Because it starts early, right? In other words, like we have December now, and yeah. then it runs late. I think, I forgot which year it was. Maybe 70, I want to guess 76, I think. I think 1976 was a civil leap year that had a Asar Bateves. It's a one in like 100 years. Let me see if I'm right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just opened my calendar here. December 31st, 1976. You see, it barely made it. It barely made it. Meaning because it was a civil leap year without it being a Jewish leap year. Oh, you're you're saying when they're... No, I'm saying a Jewish leap year. A year that's a Jewish leap year. And a civic leap year. civil year... Regardless of the civil leap year, but that civil year will not have an Asar Bateves. Right. Because in the Jewish leap year, Asar Bateves right. falls early because right. it's before the extra other, right. and the next Asar Bateves falls late. So right. you miss, you know, like we said earlier, 72, December 72 had a Friday Asar Bateves. The next Asar Bateves was January 74. Wow. Because 73 did not have an Asar Bateves. Unbelievable. Right. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> What else do we so need? One to... more. Go ahead. Yeah, the more. late year. Okay, that's a big one because that's very relevant to you know people's schedules and, right. and so on. Yep. Um, uh, one more is that the day Rishchidish El is the day after Labor Day. Wow. There's right. A, there's, 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 a, a there's, there's going to be a whole month of school before Rosh Hashanah. Right. 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 Exactly. Which is and, actually, and which actually is really nice. Frankly, that's a that's correct, a that's a good correct. month of school and then a good break afterwards. So, Correct, and then also there's questions. Elves, like, you know, elves, right. people, you know, people want to be learning and and so on. But it's the latest year. Interesting, eighteenth, eighth, the eighth and the nineteenth year are the two latest years. Meaning of the nineteen-year cycle. In the civil calendar. Correct, nineteen-year cycle. But eight is usually a drop later than the nineteenth. Wow. Okay, because it's come. They both come after two leap years. In other words, I'm sorry. They come after two. You know, we had six and then eight. Usually you got to wait three years for a leap year, but here you get you get an extra kick, right? It's six, then eight, so it's two years later. Seventeenth year of the nineteenth year, and then nineteen, so it, you get that extra push up, okay? But eight is later than nineteen right. because, but this nineteen year cycle, nineteen is later than eight, which means in the nineteenth year of the cycle. Which is going to be in eleven years from now, twenty thirty-five. When, when will Rosh Chodesh Elul be? <laughs> oh no, but but Pesach will be May first. The last day Pesach is going to be May first. Wow! So we are going to finally have that. So it does we'll happen. And then in twenty forty-three, I hope I'm invited back on the show. <laughs> in nineteen years, that's the biggie. Pesach, the last day Pesach is going to be on May the second. Which means that's that even, even in Israel, Pesach will be in May. Correct. 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 Wow. So, so I always wonder, your listeners are going to laugh at this. Some matzah say, some of the Shmur matzah boxes used to say expires May 1st. I'm thinking, uh-oh. Right? <laughs> they better change that. <laughs> they better say that. <laughs> There'll be something right, somebody writing an extra number there. Uh, we meant May 10th, not May 1st. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> boy, oh boy. And uh, just another couple of things when it comes to the work schedule. This was uh, certainly very uh, beneficial to many people that everything is Shabbos Sunday. Obviously, the exception being Monday, Yom Kippur. Uh, there are a lot of people happy about the fact that Columbus Day is the day after Simchas Torah. So that gives everyone a, who's off on Columbus Day a, a, a day to uh, recover from the incredibly long month Thank of Yom Kippur. Take their sukkah down. Also. And take their sukkah down. <laughs> correct. And and also and also. Oh, by the way, next year's sukkahs could be freezing. Next year's sukkahs could. Oh, yeah. re- Next yeah. year's sukkahs could be almost Thanksgiving. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be yeah. Oh and, yeah. And Rabbi Absolutely. Heber, your your comment about the uh, about Pesach being Tuesday, Wednesday, the first two days, and I believe Shavuos is what Wednesday, Thursday this year. I think it's Wednesday, Thursday. Correct. Yes, correct. I yep. mean, that's Wednesday, a that's yep. a lot of midweek, Rabbi Heber. A lot of midweek you're Absolutely. giving us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yom Kippur is a Shabbos next year. Right. That's, that's the, the first time in seven years we have. Uh, my my late brother. Have... My late brother used to say that the uh, <laughs> that when there's three three day untives. The consolation prize is that Yom Kippur's on Shabbos. Because those three three day hunters are quite a haul, Rabbi Heber, and we have yeah, it. Yeah, one, yeah, I know, I know. We have it one year from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has not happened in in really it's in six years. The so next year will be seven years. Right. What's interesting, you make Kiddush every Friday night. When, when it happened six years ago, I thought to myself, "Oh, we're missing Kiddush Yom Kippur night." And now, Mitzvah, we should be Zaychus and Kiddush every single Friday night till seven years from now. Wow! When it happens again. One second. Oh, you meaning that? Well, it, but meaning next year it happens. Next year, next year, right? So now we're by six, like, because this is now this is now the seventh. Oh, wow! I didn't realize it was such coming a long up, stretch. I didn't realize it was such a long it's, stretch. Wow! It's been a while. Yeah, so a three day in Eretz Yisrael is a big deal because that's the only time. Yeah, for Rosh Hashanah, right? They have the three days, and that hasn't happened in a while. So it's going to be, you know, they they uh, they prepare a lot. I mean, we also do, but it's uh, for them it's a unique experience. Yeah, for, for, that, for them it's a total panic. We're used to it, but for them it's a total panic situation. <laughs> for them, two days is a total panic situation. Absolutely. So, absolutely. We're actually the longest break right now. This may be surprising. The longest break of no three-day yontif. Okay, because the last time it happened, here's an interesting tidbit here. You always have a three-day yontif. Every civil year has at least one three-day yontif. Last year was Either Pesach. Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday. Last year was Pesach. Last year was Pesach. Next year is Rosh Hashanah. Right. Believe it. That's the longest possible break. We're ah, a leap year in the middle. A year and a half. Month. A year and a half break. Yeah. With a leap year. With a leap year. Right. It's the longest. Uh, oh, longest and with break. a leap year makes it even longer. Right. 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 Um, when you, what does Rabbi Heber do? When, when do you? First of all, do you speak both days of Rosh Hashanah and Shul? I do. So when it's when it's a three day untif, are you speaking Thursday, Friday, and giving the Shabbos Drasha? Yes. Wow, that's cool. That, I give in the afternoon. I don't cool. speak in the morning Shabbos but I give in the afternoon. That's quite a haul, Rabbi Heber. That's quite. I mean, uh, talk about preparing in advance. I mean, you yeah, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, better, work. <laughs> you better get going. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know some listeners might be saying the drush every day. Like you know, I know, my gosh. Yeah. And and what happens? I'm I'm assuming also that it's the um, you know the two days of Yontif on Sukkot. But I'm assuming you don't speak Simchas Torah, right? I'm assuming. Or my oh, no, not Simchas Torah. Right. No, there's no sermon. But, but Simchas Torah night. I have a Simchas Torah night. We start a little bit early, and, and before the auction, I give a half hour sheer on these in Yontif of the calendar and so on. I get to have fun. Wow. Right. And I get up and I go through all these cal- calendar things for anything, questions, answers. Right. 
And uh, it's Simchas Torah, as my father would always say. Simchas Torah, anything goes. Right. That's my drasha, Simchas Torah. Are you able to do that without me? You can get through that segment without having me ask the question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe you're invited. You know, you invite me all the time. You're invited to me. You'll, we'll have a question and answer for him. Yeah, yeah. It'll go forever. It'll be a lo- much longer than a half hour. Uh, Rabbi David Heber is author of the book, The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. We are strongly recommending it, as we always do, especially if you love these types of issues, The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. And, of course, in addition to his responsibilities at the Star K, he is the rabbi of Kahal Avis Yisrael Tzemach Tzedek in Baltimore, Maryland. And I hope and prayer by Heber that you have a wonderful, meaningful, easy fast starting Sunday night with Kol Nidre Night. And our best to everybody down there in Baltimore. And during the year, as is our custom, we will check in with you and find out more about the uh, Jewish calendar. Okay, you and your listeners should have a easy, a, a meaningful fast and a gemach to you and to your listeners and to Klai Yisrael. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Many people call it their favorite segment of the year. Uh, for me, it's amazing. Rabbi David Heber on a Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM.
From R.E.A. Kunstler, it's called Mare Cohen. Words we say in the Um Kipper liturgy, of course, coming up this Monday. We're on the fifth day of the Aserish Shemay Tshuva, halfway through, fifth day of the 10 days of repentance. Reminder, Rabbi Goldwasser speaks tonight at the, our very own Rabbi Goldwasser speaks tonight at the Young Israel of East Brunswick in New Jersey. That starts at 7.30 p.m. Rabbi Goldwasser is always spectacular, but when it comes to the Aserish Shemay Tshuva to these 10 days, he is even more spectacular, so treat, please try your best to be at the Young Israel of East Brunswick. Again, it begins at 7.30 tonight, and that is sponsored by the Rosenbaum family, B and Ralph, and their family sponsoring uh, Rabbi Goldwasser's uh, lecture tonight at the Young Israel 
of East Brunswick. Well, many of you might be aware because uh, you've probably received some emails. Uh, you may have received um, communication in other forms. You may be aware that Toro Masora, which we'll explain in a moment, but many, of course, in our audience are very familiar with it. Torah Masora is in the middle of their two-day uh, Torah Masora campaign. It's a $10 million campaign uh, to continue their work for uh, all the schools that uh, are members of Torah Masora in this country. Torah Masora, as you might know, has a tremendously rich history, to say the least, and has been uh, really at the forefront of... Um, what's happening on the Jewish education scene for many, many decades. They have this $10 million campaign, which ends later today. It ends tonight, actually. And they're already, they already have gotten to $4.6 million, which is astounding. That, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, 46% of a $10 million goal, call a to everybody who is participating. Uh, to go to the uh, website, it's pretty simple. If you'd like to make a donation and find out what their campaign entitled Sheer Dedication is all about, uh, it's a charity.com, charity with a D, charity.com slash T-U for Torah Umisora, T-U for Torah Umisora. So again, charity with a D, charity.com slash Torah Umisora. That is how you access uh, the um, the campaign now in its second of two days. Rabbi Chaim Shimon Newberger is uh, National Director of Torah Masora, and he is with us live via telephone on this Wednesday morning broadcast. Rabbi Newberger, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Nachum, the pleasure is mine, and I thank you so much for this time. Appreciate it. And just so people understand, I, 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 I sometimes uh, don't always appreciate when people um, uh, bring up uh, um, uh, members of my family when we're here to discuss <laughs> the issue of the day. But I do have to mention that Rabbi Newberger is the son of Rav Sheftel Newberger and the grandson of the incredible legend Herman Newberger, Rabbi Herman Newberger, who was, uh, as I said to Rabbi Newberger off the air, somebody whose leadership we crave during this time and probably during any time, frankly. Uh, so he has incredible lineage, and it's a pleasure to welcome him to these airwaves. Uh, Rabbi Newberger, there are some listeners who are familiar with the history and with the effectiveness of Toro Masora. Uh, there's some who might not be. How do you explain to people and describe to people what is Toro Masora? So Torah Masora at its core is a organization that is available and reaches out to the masses of the Jewish nation across the country to help in a myriad of ways in furthering um, the professionalism of our Moris Rabbeim teachers, principals, and uh, all educators. There are 23 different divisions in Torah Masora. I don't think we're going to have time to go through all of them, <laughs> but uh, they range they range from uh, special, special education to, edu to development for principals to uh, education development for teachers and rabbeim. Um, and um, and they're, the, the biggest highlight of Torah Masora is the six teacher centers that are scattered across the country which um, provide almost like a store-like environment where any Mora teacher, Rebbe, can come in and find a myriad of, of uh, material 
on the subjects that they teach. The um, When I was a kid, what I remember about Torah Masora is the publications, and frankly, that might, might be the first part or the first time uh, years ago, decades back, where Torah Masora really made an impact on schools around this country uh, when they were providing educational materials, which I'm sure they still do, as you described, uh, you know, to schools everywhere. Uh, but then, as you said, um, we, we've, we've instituted or we've gone ahead and reached a point uh, where we have to enhance... Uh, as much as possible. We have a lot of great educators out there, but we have to enhance the experience of these educators and continue to give them the training and the expertise so that they can go ahead and, of course, educate our youth. This, this is, I, I'm sure you would describe this as an ongoing process, a never-ending process, just trying to keep our educators up on the latest in the world of education, and certainly the latest in the world of Jewish education must be quite a task and uh, I, I would guess that that's primarily when it comes to the teachers and Rebbeim out there I, I assume that's the biggest focus there is right that is you couldn't have said it better I'll say it like this um, when I, I was in my in my beginning of my professional life I was able to be a sixth grade Rebbe for seven years in Muncie in a school called Base Mikra um, and when I was a Rebbe um, the saying was going that the generations changed every five years. By the time I was uh, I was already running the school and being the uh, the CEO of the school, um, it was probably down to three years that the generations were changing. Um, there are those that say they're changing now every six months. You know, with technology and the fast pace of our life, um, some of us can think back just a year ago from now, um, what life was like and what it's like today with the incredible advancement of, of uh, the technolo- techno- technology world. Um, our children are growing up in a very, very fast-moving um, world and an often changing world, and it is imperative that our educators stay up on top of every aspect that is available to them be able to reach every single child and that is what that's the primary focus today of Torah Masora. Do, do you is, sometimes do you sometimes ask yourself would I be able to teach today <laughs> do you sometimes ask yourself or say to yourself my gosh what the teachers are going through today is a challenge that's that 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 seems insurmountable so I would say like this you know Malcolm, you, you said before that we would love to have the leadership of my grandfather, Zechariah Lavrocha, to be to be with us now, and people of that generation. Yep. Um, we all believe we all believe that the Rishon provides each generation with exactly what we need to be able to survive in whatever our challenges are. Um, myself, I can't imagine going back into the classroom, um, but. I'm watching on a daily basis the heroes of our generation and they have what it takes and they do connect with our students. Um, it's just our job, the, the seasoned veterans, to continue to turn over every stone that's available to us and figuring out new, te- new met- methodologies and ever-changing ways 
of uh, helping each of those educators reach every one of their students. Yeah. Um, the term Missouri campaign is available now, uh, charity.com slash TU for Torah Missouri. Again, that's charity.com slash TU for Torah Missouri. You know, I'll never forget. I, um, I was once listening to a conversation about, uh, young quarterbacks in the national football league. And someone pointed out that, um, that one of the reasons we have so many young quarterbacks now that are able to lead teams almost immediately out of college when they start in the pros is because now when they're in school and when they're you know playing college ball, they are so inundated with so much information, so much technology, so much methodology that when they get to the pros, they're at a much higher level than the, the ones who got to the pros you know, 30 years ago as first-year players. And I sort of get the feeling that students today, even in our community, our community is not shut out from this, even in our community are, are, so, um, are so much wiser or so much more able to keep up with the speed of technology and the amount of information that they are being fed uh, on a regular basis, including in the classroom, by the way, that I, I think they're just used to being able to uh, incorporate more and, and, and learn more. And, you know, those of us who are older teachers in the classroom who are trying to keep up with that, it's a very difficult task. And I, I would imagine that this has got to be uh, one of the main focuses out there, that as, the, as this world continues to, you know, give our children just a boatload of information on a regular basis, we as Jewish educators have got to do the same with our subjects and what's dear to us. It's an, it's an incredibly important point. Um, there, there are definitely still some educators that are timeless, that have aged incredibly well and have constantly been able to reinvent themselves and uh, connect with their students. But um, there, is, there is one challenge in that area that is something that we're, we're experiencing across our, our nation on all, all different sectors of, of the Jewish society, is that uh, it, it seems like we are not attracting enough educators. Um, I'm hearing this from um, the OU. I'm hearing this from my, from my constituents, from the uh, Torah Masora schools. And I'm hearing this in the out-of-town communities. When I say out-of-town, I mean non-East Coast, New York metropolitan New Jersey area, an extremely difficult time even attracting Rabbanim. And um, it, there's, there's a certain part of all that information and all that that's being thrown at our children. Somehow, the drive to want to make a difference in the Rabbanim's world is um, becoming a little less in this generation. Yeah. And something that's incumbent upon us to somehow reinvigor our youth into understanding, even if you're a doctor or a lawyer, and even if you're a businessman, there's a part of your life that you have to figure out where you make a difference in the Rabbi Islam's world. And if that became more part of our vernacular and yeah. more part of our lives, so enough of those children and youth would end up being the 
educators and the rabbinic leaders. Yeah, well, I would argue that just the uh, the evidence is there that as you continue to head toward this $10 million goal, uh, you know, when it comes to that area of Jewish life, people are going ahead and dedicating a tremendous amount of their resources and of their time, not just money, but, but their time as well, to great causes like yours. But uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the other industries that people are being attracted to are, are so attractive, it is very hard to convince young men and young women in our community to go into Jewish education. And I, would, I, I, wish, I wish that money could solve that problem because, again, we see that, thank God, you know, there's so much generosity out there and there's the potential to raise a lot of money and to have these projects and efforts be well-funded. But I just, I don't see it. Unless there's something I don't know that you're proposing, unless there are, you know, incentives being given nationwide for people to go into Jewish education or for teachers who've been doing well their first couple of years, you know, to continue moving forward. Unless those financial incentives are there, it's going to be really hard to keep up with other attractive industries. So, Nahum, I'll tell you like this. You, see, you had mentioned in the beginning that you don't necessarily, necessarily like speaking about uh, your own family. I love talking about my family. Um, I, in my well, very, one, one very sec, proud. But one second, just to clarify, just to clarify, what I meant was that when I'm a guest on somebody's show or I'm being interviewed, I, I like to get to the point at hand instead of concentrating on, on some of the, you know, uh, on the side stories and the family and the family pieces. And I can understand that a guest might get frustrated by that. So that was, that was just a courtesy or being courteous to you, my guest. Uh, that, that's all. If we, if we would just look in our families, um, I, I know, I know two of your brothers, um, and, uh, I, I obviously heard of your, your grandfather, um, being from there, you saw, I definitely heard of your grandfather, um, didn't know him, his time in there, you saw was long before my days, but your, your, you look at your family, I don't believe, and, and I can speak on my family's behalf, I don't believe we went into Jewish education and make, as I said, making a difference in the Islam's world with any drive for the financial part of it. I'm not belittling, and I'm not by all even coming close to saying that we don't have to um, take a serious look at the financial structure of our institutions and figure out how our educators and our rabbanim could be paid more and therefore make those jobs more attractive. A hundred percent. That is, that is absolutely the first and top issue. But we also have to realize that most in, in our lineage, most of the high talented people that have gone into education and into leadership have done so with an internal drive to make a difference and not because it was something that necessarily paid the bills. Yeah, I get it. On the level that other I get other- it. I get it. I get it. But not everybody's got that internal drive. And frankly, the the alternative is way too attractive. That's the problem. I could tell you I could tell you about people that would be superstars in the world of Jewish education, both men and women. 
But you know, certain industries today, first of all, are very attractive because of the large amount of money one can make. But in, in all, but also, you know, being being a uh, you know a from person who's raising a family, it, it costs money, and people understand that reality, and they get then people are scared off from industries where they're not going to be able to bring in a sufficient amount of money. It's it's a big problem. Hey, when you come to visit us or my new burger, and I hope you will come to our studio, we can go into this you know for an hour and talk about the the, the difficulties. <laughs> of trying to put this all together. And by the way, you know, I'm sitting here wondering about your $10 million goal. And then I say to myself, just to maintain the centers that you describe, just to maintain the, the, the hubs of Jewish education where people can come and be trained and take days off from their school, which principals are encouraging. And I get it. In my day, I don't think it was that important. Now I don't think you have a choice. You got to bring in teachers for teacher training and you got to bring them in to get, you know, all the up-to-date information. And you need people to do that. And today everything costs so much. So the $10 million goal might be, you might describe it as a modest goal, frankly, to keep Tarmasura and everything it does keep uh, to keep it going. I'll tell you this much. It's not our full budget. Yeah. Which is it, which it's is not our full budget. Which is remarkable. You know, Malcolm, I just want to I just want to bring up. Well, um, I would be remiss if I didn't um, say and and express to your um, your incredible audience that there's a whole different part to Torah Masora, which at one point was the main focus of Torah Masora, and that is the outreach into the um, the smaller hubs of of the Jewish nation across this country and the creation of communities and the creation of communities based schools. Um, there, the, there's two, two of our 23, um, divisions. One is called project seed, which sends out young yeshiva boys and, um, girls to make day camps and learning programs in far in, in many, many cities across the country during the summer which very often leads to um, the community wanting to have their children go through the process of Jewish, of, of a true Torah education. And that's how the day school program gets started. Um, there's less and less of the starting of these day schools, but the maintaining of these day schools across the country um, is something that is, uh, is still very much alive in Torah Masora. You know, unfortunately, sometimes people forget that part of Torah Masora because of the hubs of, you know, Lakewood, New York, Muncie, Chicago, LA, Toronto. And we forget that there's, you know, these, these towns all across Florida and Texas and Midwest that, um, that really need our support as well and need our resources and need our trainings and need us to help them staff their schools. Um, mm-hmm. Many of those schools were schools that Thomas sort of started and now they're schools that need our help and need our, our attention to make sure that the, that their children also have that true Torah education from educators that are trained well. Oh, that's, I, that's another part of Torah Oh, I get it. And uh, anybody who hears this understands how important it is. Rabbi Chaim Shimon Newberger is with us, National Director of Torah Masora. The campaign is on. We'll talk about it in a second. But uh, I, look, I invite you in here, Rabbi Newberger. Uh, we've touched on a lot of topics this morning. And as you hear, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place on this whole issue. 
Uh, there's a lot to talk about in terms of the future of, of the movement, uh, meaning of the Jewish education movement here in the United States and North America. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'd like to think, and again, this is something I'll say for when you visit us, I'd like to think that, that every yeshiva and day school across the board is benefiting from the work of Torah Masurah. That's the way it always was, and I'm assuming that's the way it still is. Uh, right to left, all around the country, uh, that people are getting what they need um, from the organization. And, uh, and, and we're entering a really, really critical era a really critical era, because if in fact we believe that Jewish education is the key to the Jewish future, and it is the key to people maintaining the values and principles that our parents and grandparents gave us, if we all believe that Jewish education is the key, and again, I do believe that uh, <laughs> that, 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 that is uh, an ac- inaccurate statement, uh, that that is the key, uh, then, then a strong day school movement and a strong yeshiva movement nationwide is uh, is vital. Simple as that. So I invite you in. I hope I'll have the opportunity. I do want to remind everybody that Torah Masora is now in day number two of its two-day campaign. Uh, you'll read about it when you go to the website, charity, with a D, charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, dot com slash T-U for Torah Umasora, charity.com slash T-U. It says here, the sheer dedication of our teachers has no sheer, meaning has no limit. These are the words of thanks shared by Klau Yisrael, and you can certainly express your appreciation for all the projects, and they're all listed there, from the Chinuch Hub to Project Seat uh, to the coaching uh, to the educational hubs, the teacher training centers. It's all there. You'll see it on the website, and you can give for whatever reason you want to give. There's 13 hours left to the campaign. It's a $10 million campaign, and already uh, they are approaching 47% of the goal, which I, I think is absolutely remarkable, frankly. So we encourage everyone to give and get the Termosaur off to a good... So this is the time of year. School year just started. Charity.com slash TU. Charity with a D dot com slash TU. Um, Rabbi Newberger, why do you think there's been such a positive response so far? And do you have confidence that uh, by the end of the day, you'll be at your goal? So I'll tell you that um, if anybody visits the site, they will see that there's over a thousand teams that are willing to raise money in this campaign. Um, Tormasora has maybe 130 staff members. So even if every single staff member has an active page, you realize that that means that another 900 people across the country have seen it in their in their purview mm-hmm. to take on to raise money and to send out links and express their connection to Torah Masora. And the vast majority of them are educators. And when we have schools and educators, Menal and Menahalos, Rabbeim and teachers alike across the country, sending out saying, Torah Masora matters to me. There's nothing stronger that speaks to everybody than that. Anybody, anybody listening right now, you want to know what Torah Masora is? When you get that letter or that email or that status post from a teacher that you know is one of those stars, and they say Torah Masora matters in my life. Well, okay, that means Torah Masora is actually really doing that which we claim we're doing, which is enhancing 
the education of almost every single child in the Jewish day school movement across the country. And that's why, that's why a campaign like this is so successful. It's a pretty remarkable, it's real. It's a pretty remarkable vote of confidence, frankly. That's it. it sure is. It, 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 it's, it's humbling and encouraging. And as my grandfather used to tell us all the time, every single opportunity is another level of a crisis of responsibility. So you, you, you get this vote of confidence. It just brings on a tremendous amount of a crisis and responsibility to go continue doing at the best level possible that we can possibly do. You know, there's certain balabatim in this country. I don't know why this comes to my mind, but I just have to mention it, especially at the beginning of the year when so many principals and heads of schools depend on them. There are so many balabatim in this country, some of them very wealthy and some of them very, very busy, frankly, who have such an interest in their schools who do so much behind the scenes, who are leaders of expansion programs, who are doing everything in their power to really give the school a strong, strong backbone. And I don't just mean financially and the way the building looks and the way it operates, but educationally as well. You know, who take the, you know, who, who, ta- who take the subject matters and the, and the, the courses and goals of the school very seriously. And I, I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm, God forbid, condemning those who've chosen other industries uh, than Jewish education, because frankly, you could be, as you described earlier, you could be in any industry and make a tremendous difference. I'm sure you're familiar with the type of balabatim that I'm referring to. Obviously, I ran, I ran a school for, for many years, so I know exactly who you're talking about. And you had someone like that? You had people like that that just sat day and night? I had, a, I had, an, inner, I had an inner group of, of four parents and then a, a little bit of a larger group of 12 parents that fit exactly the bill you just described. And it's impossible to, to, oper- uh, to operate a school without them. It's impossible to get Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I will tell you, Malcolm, one of the biggest kept secrets in Jewish, in maybe educational, uh, is that parent bodies really could, if they could ever get together, really, really, really push their schools to incredible heights. It's just it's hard for the parent body to join together. But in circumstances where the parent body joins together, they're the constituents of the school. And they really could push the school to tremendous heights. Now, many, very often that will come along with a responsibility on their part to do their, their part of it. But if, parent body, if a parent body is, is, is educated and a parent body is, 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 is motivated and mobilized, they could they could take any school to great heights. And what about the parents in the parent body who find an hour a day or a day each week to get into the classroom and to help with you know with electives or clubs or even regular subjects? There are parents like that as well. Wow. Yes, there are definitely opportunities like that as well. And the biggest thing I've seen when that happens is those parents. Those parents become the biggest believers in their rabbim and their motors and their teachers because yeah. when you live it, even for a small time, you really get an understanding of what it is that these people are doing all day, every day, and spending their life doing. And it gives you a, a level of appreciation that, that talking cannot... I can't give that over to, to you with as much passion as I have. I can't give that over to a person. 
like they can experience if they ever walk into a classroom and try to do it themselves. Yeah. All right, everybody, Newberger, let's schedule, let's schedule you to get you into the studio now at the beginning of the school year, and we'll have a, a an even more focused conversation about all these goals, if you don't mind. It would be my absolute pleasure. You obviously know how to get me scheduled because uh, <laughs> I, got a, I, got a, I got a text last yesterday. I am going on the Nachum Siegel show, so we can figure this out, and it would be my absolute pleasure uh, yeah. because – but the, whoever's listening, whoever's listening to this program, has to be part of the ongoing solution. Everybody's got to be part of it. Oh, you, you we can't leave it just to the few. I don't even know if you know how right you are about that. No question about it. Uh, all right, everybody. As Rabbi Chaim Shimon Newberger has reminded us, Torah Masora has their two-day campaign. It's actually day two of their two-day charity campaign. Uh, go to the website, read about it, and uh, give what you can. They have a goal of ten million dollars, and as you heard. Things these days cost a lot of money to keep all these uh, different services going from Torah Masora headquarters. Charity.com slash TU for Torah Umasora. Again, that's charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash TU. I take this opportunity, everybody, Newberger, wish you a Gemar Chasimatova. Very much look forward to meeting you. Gemar Chasimatova, Nachum, and a Gemar Chasimatova to your entire listening audience. And we should have a year of... Gesund, Parnosa, and Nachas. That means good health and um, wealth and incredible Nachas from our children. Amen to that. Um, and good luck with the goal. $10 million goal, everybody. Charity.com slash to you. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at com and the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow morning, we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in all day long, including to JM Rewind, which is coming up next here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And then an amazing day of music, of course, for these Aseris who made Shuva. Uh, if you don't receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami, AF at NachumSiegel.com, AF at NachumSiegel.com. He will take good care of you. Those of you who would like to become ambassadors for our year-end campaign, there is a link at the top of NachumSiegel.com to become an ambassador for our year-end 40th anniversary campaign. And there's also a link at uh, FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org has a link there as well to become an ambassador, which we welcome. And we certainly hope you'll hop aboard and help us as we get closer to the end of the year. This, of course, in reference to the campaign that ends at the end of December. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Single reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.